0: Davis Financial Advisors is a branch office of and securities offered through Independent Financial Group member FINRA, and SIPC. Sean Davis is a registered representative of Independent Financial Group. The interpretation and organization of these ideas are the confidential thoughts of Sean Davis and do not necessarily represent the opinions of IFG Incorporated. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, including market fluctuation, possible loss of principal value or liquidity, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment strategy will be profitable. And now... Uncommon Investments and Resources presented by Davis Financial Advisors. Independent investment services for pursuing your investment
1: goals. Here's your host, Sean Davis. Welcome to the show. You're listening to Uncommon Investments and Resources presented by Davis Financial Advisors. And I happen to be your humble host. My name is Sean Davis. I'm going to be your host for the next hour as we discuss your money, your retirement accounts, your prospects for long term retirement success. I mean, if you're retired, this is going to be a show you want to pay attention to. Specifically today, we're going to be talking about retirement time bombs. I've got 11, count them, 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement today. If you're retired today, you will not want to miss one minute, one section, one outline, one mistake of these 11 that I'm going to discuss today because one just one of them could derail you from a successful retirement. So you're going to want to pay attention. Maybe even take some notes. We work with a lot of retirees, maybe just like you, trying to find their way, trying to make their way, trying to stay retired. Now remember, it's not just getting there. It's staying there that matters. I've seen people get there and not be able to stay retired. Who wants to go out and find out how marketable they are to the job world in their late 60s, early 70s, or beyond? So there's way too much to go over, so let's jump right into the discussion. Now, one of the first things I want to discuss with you is this idea of tax-deferred growth as a long-term investment strategy. See, tax deferral is an investment strategy that's dependent on the assumption. That you'll be in a lower tax bracket later when you distribute the money out of your retirement accounts. I mean, this is the core assumption surrounding all SEP IRAs, 401Ks, 403Bs, annuities, all of them. Tax-deferred growth. Don't pay the tax today. Wait. Pay it later when it's lower. The idea has always been defer now, save the tax liability, and pull it out in the future and pay less tax. This was a very fair assumption and a great strategy back in 1981 when the 401k was first made available to employees throughout this country. Back then, our highest marginal tax bracket, take a guess. I mean, if you're in a car, nudge the person next to you. I mean, if you're listening on the on the good old interweb, ask yourself this. What do you think the highest marginal tax bracket was back in 1981? Take a guess. 30%? Nope. Higher. 40%? Nope. Higher. 50? Higher. 70%. The highest marginal tax bracket we had, federal tax bracket in this country back in 1981, was 70%. An average couple making $80,000 back then was in a 46% marginal tax bracket. Holy moly. That's a lot of tax. There were also 15 different tax brackets back then. So it was a good assumption that at retirement, you would drop down a bracket or two because of reduction in income. Today, even though a lot of the legislation extends much of the Bush tax cuts, we still have a third as many tax brackets, and our highest marginal tax bracket today is 39.6%. It's far more likely that the average investor... You and me, everyday folks, will see an increase in their personal income tax liability moving forward, especially over the next 3, 5, 10, 15-year time frames. Consider this, the deficit, our debt, stimulus money, bailout money, the largest. I mean, do you, if you look at, um, go to this website. This is a great website. Go, Google it. Go on the interweb, debtclock.org, I think. And they have this time machine. Do you realize in the last 6 years we've added 8 or maybe 7 years 8 trillion to our national debt. We went from 10 trillion to 18 trillion. So, considering that, do you think it's likely that taxes later down the road in the future are going to be lower? So if you save 35 cents today, you know, idea being tax deferral, don't pay the tax today. If you save 35 cents today, only to pay 40 $0.45, $0.50 cents later, was that a good decision? Probably not. That was a huge mistake. You would have been better off to pay the tax now and invest in more of a taxed-advantage way. In our opinion, this is an extremely compelling reason to consider converting some of your tax-deferred retirement assets to a Roth IRA. So that's mistake number two, not having a Roth IRA down the road. If you're like me and think that there is a good chance that taxes are going to go up in the future, then you need to make sure you have a chunk of money, a decent-sized chunk of money in a Roth IRA. Roths have a completely different time frame to consider than most other IRAs. Roths don't have any required minimum distributions. Okay, now I'm speaking to you. If you don't like RMDs, if you're being forced to take money out of your retirement accounts because you're over the age of 70 and a half, Roths don't have that requirement. In other words, they don't force you to take money out because there is no tax created through those distributions. This means that a Roth IRA might have a different time frame for you and an investment objective. This would create the opportunity for different investments to be considered. Almost everyone that I speak with expects taxes to go up in the future. I also think it's inevitable that personal income tax rates will increase. It would be unfortunate if taxes go up in the future at the exact same time that you need to preserve more of your money because maybe inflation's hit you or medical costs have hit you in the pocketbook, right? So there have been recent changes in tax rules that make Roth IRAs available to everyone, regardless of your income. If you've never been able to convert to a Roth IRA because of your income, that changed in 2010. You may not know. From 2010 moving forward, everyone and anyone— Anybody can convert traditional funds to a Roth IRA regardless of how much money they make or don't make. A Roth IRA provides future income to you. Under Roth rules, that is completely tax-free. And see, paying less tax, income tax, on your income in the future is certainly a good way to mitigate health care costs and or the effects of increased taxes, if I'm right, and or inflation on your portfolio. It just makes good sense to be diversified right from a tax perspective now if any of this is making sense to you i got a couple things i'd like to to give you the first is i've got a davis financial advisors white paper it's called retirement time bombs tick tock tick tock 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement i'll give you that i'm also going to give you a davis financial advisors call to action the case for a second opinion on your investment planning five reasons why now is the time both of these are yours if you phone us at 800 800- 682 2806 My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple, short questions. Once we get the answer to these questions, we'll send this information out to you today. I'll give you our retirement time bombs, (laughs) 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. And I'm also going to give you a call to action, the case for a second opinion on your investment planning, five reasons why now's the time. Once again, that's 800-682-2806. When I return, I'm going to be talking about bonds and a possible bond bubble Don't go anywhere. Sean Davis, Uncommon Investments and Resources. Think about this for a second.
2: There are three schools of knowledge that you should be aware of, particularly when it comes to facilitating retirement. There's the stuff that you know you know. There's the stuff you know you don't know. Then there's this often much larger, more ominous school of knowledge that is, I didn't know I didn't know that. There's a statistic that states that only 3% of retirees are truly successful in retirement. 3%. What might you not know that could derail your chances of a successful retirement? Successful people understand the wisdom of surrounding themselves with advisors that have different viewpoints. The reason They don't want to be ignorant or naive to blind spots in their planning. It is critically important that you get retirement right. Let Davis Financial Advisors give you a second opinion by calling 1-800-682-2806 right now. That's 1-800-682-2806 online at davisfinancialadvisors.com.
0: Are you ready for more
1: of something uncommon? Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio, talking about your money, talking about your investments, talking about retirement, specifically in retirement time bombs. Tick tock, tick tock. Don't let a time bomb go off in your retirement portfolio. I've got 11 of these things we're going to try to educate you on today. I'm not going to be able to get through all of them, but we're going to get through a big chunk of them. And um, I'd like to say, if you're trying to make your way in retirement, if you feel a little unsettled given all the world news, China devaluing their currency, the market falling, you've got a lot of volatility in the market. Um, If you're being unsettled or feeling unsettled or nervous, then I'd encourage you to get a second opinion. In fact, I'm going to give you two things just for calling our show, 800-682-2806. I've got a Davis Financial Advisors call to action. I'm calling you to action. It's your money. Your portfolio, you're taking on the risk. Your education, your money to lose or your money to make. I got a call to action called "The Case for a Second Opinion on Your Investment Planning." Five reasons why now is the time to get a second opinion. And I'm also going to give you a Davis Financial Advisor's white paper called "Retirement Time Bombs." A letter, a. a le- <laughs> For some reason, I'm having a tr- trouble with 11 today. and That's a problem because there's 11 of these things I'm trying to talk about. 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. Both are yours if you call us at 800 682 It's toll-free. I'm already saving you money here, being frugal with an 800 number. 800-682-2806. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple questions, short questions, to help us get a snapshot of what you're doing, and we'll send you out these two different White papers. One's a white paper, one's a call to action. So 800-682-2806. All right, so let's get it getting. Let's move on. Mistake number three. I want to talk to you if you own bonds in your portfolio right now. If you own bonds, you should be concerned. We may have a bond bubble brewing. And see, a lot of people think that bonds are safer than stocks. Bonds are not safer than stocks. They just move under a different condition than stocks normally move. Ask anyone that's held long-term bonds in their portfolio. When interest rates rise, what happened? And they'll tell you that they had suffered significant losses. When interest rates go up, bond values generally go down like a teeter-totter, right? When the price of bonds go up, its yield or the cumulative return on the bond goes down. Could investors be mistaken the rising valuations of bond funds over the past few years? I mean, bonds have been an awesome place to be for the last five, six years. But just because they were an awesome place to be over five, six years doesn't mean that they're going to be the best place to be over the next few years or next few months for that reason. Um, This means that if you're purchasing a bond or own bonds right now, see, the Fed's been talking about interest rate increases, and we don't think they're going to increase a lot, but it doesn't take a lot to create a big negative in bonds. And so the Fed and the markets have been paying very close attention to what they should do. Are interest rates going to go up, and when, and by how much, and is it going to continue? All of that stuff, in our opinion, represents a big jeopardy to bonds. And hitches and starts over the last three, four, five decades, uh, at least until December 12th of 2012, the, 20, the, the prime rate has decreased to its current, as of this writing, standing, of 3.25%. Knowing what we know about the effect of interest rates have on the value of bonds in the secondary market, one might deduce that the 30-year bull run on bonds that we've had will have to come to an end if rates are e- ever expected to go up. To give you a sense of what this might mean to a U.S. Treasury bond investor, consider this. A 10-year Treasury bond issued at 2.82% interest rate could see a 42% loss in value from a mere 3% rise in interest rates, meaning if you held 100000 in those bonds prior to the rise in rates— you would only be able to sell those bonds for 58 grand in the secondary market after a 3% interest rate rise. So keep that in mind. I mean, it doesn't take a lot in order for bonds to potentially be negatively affected. If you own bonds, I would strongly consider to get a second opinion on that right now. Um, mistake number four, paying fees for advice that's ineffective. <sighs> a lot of people do this. A lot of ret- retirees, I would argue may not even need a financial advisor or a broker, they could easily eliminate an advisor, buy an index fund, and accomplish similar results to what they've seen in the last few years. So here's a few questions to, to kick around in your head right now. Think about this for a second. Have your investments predominantly followed the rest of the stock market? I mean, we had a big retrenchment in the market in the last few months. Did, did most of your investments fall when the market fell? Has your advisor ever suggested that you should consider an investment outside the stock market? Have you ever heard advice such as, stay the course, you can't time the market, hey, don't sell now, you'll lock in your losses. It's only a loss if you sell. Have you ever compared your portfolio results following your advisor's recommendations to the overall return of the S&P 500? And see, I, I personally, Sean Davis, Davis Financial Advisors, I have a crazy theory about financial advisors. I think they should bring you knowledge, information, and resources you can't easily come by on your own. Otherwise, what's the point of having one? Most advisors are a lot like bookies. You place the wager, and they are the only ones that make money consistently. Analyze what you're paying for in terms of the advice that you've been given and the investment performance and determine whether or not that's been worth it. See, in, the, in these precarious investment at times, and we've had a six-and-a-half-year, almost a seven-year run-up in the market. We think it's more essential than ever to preserve your wealth now and in the future. Make sure you're getting valuable advice. See, when you pay $1 in fees for advice that isn't valuable, then you not only lose the dollar, but you also lose what that dollar could have earned you over your lifetime. We call this opportunity cost. It's very important to understand when you pay $1 in fees that you'll never see again. You not only lost that dollar, but you also lose the future growth potential of that dollar as well. There are actually two costs, the actual and the opportunity cost. Opportunity costs present a continual drain on your financial efficiency. They can cost you a lot of money. It's one of the ways we transfer personal wealth. Okay? An investor dollar grows, perhaps multiplies over time, and a dollar that's paid out or is idle or is inefficient loses that opportunity to grow. So the amount it could have grown to had had it been used more efficiently over any time period measured is that lost opportunity cost. So measuring it is important. Here's why. Let's take this as an example. Okay. I'm gonna talk to you if you've got a six-figure portfolio. So if you've got a portfolio of over a hundred thousand, let's let's use an example. I'll give you a hypothetical example. So let's say you're retired. And you've got a four hundred thousand dollar portfolio, and let's say your financial advisor or broker is charging you a one percent fee per year on that four hundred grand. And let's say you are sixty today, and you expect to live to the age of eighty-five. That one dollar fee, or excuse me, uh, not one dollar, one percent fee, on a four hundred thousand dollar portfolio, if you're sixty years old today and live to eighty-five, would cost you two hundred and fifty-two thousand dollars in real wealth, real money, if that money had stayed in your portfolio and earned at least 7% per year. Is this going to be what you experience? Probably not, but your situation will most likely be different. But it's important to do a calculation like this so you know what the real cost of the advice is that you're getting. Are you getting what you are paying for? And if not, I can't think of a bigger, more justifiable reason to get a second opinion than that. Maybe you should talk to somebody that's got some uncommon resources or maybe somebody that uh, charges you or is paid in a different way. So keep that in mind. Paying for advice that's ineffective and costs you a lot of money. We want to try to avoid that. Mistake number five, thinking that diversification is possible in equities alone. See, if you have all your eggs in the stock market basket, is that real diversification? Think about that for a second. Let that rest. Let it sit with you for a second. If you have a whole bunch of different names on a whole bunch of different accounts, and you got 30, 40, 50, 80 different investments in each account, but it's all in the stock market, is that real, functional, effective diversification? See, did all of your investments in the stock market fall back in 2008, 2009, when the stock market fell? Shoot! Shoot! Did they all fall a few months ago, six, eight weeks ago, ten weeks ago when the market fell? China news, remember? They, re- they devalued their currency. The stock market went crazy. Uh, concerned about the Fed. Did all of your investments in all of those different accounts, did they all pretty much fall then? And if they ha- have they all pretty much come back up with the stock market since then? And if they all pretty much went down when the stock market fell and they all pretty much came back up with the rest of the stock market, how could you consider that that's real diversification? Sean, I, I hear what you're saying. I get it. I understand. Yeah, I mean, you might sense it. You might feel it. I mean, isn't it all kind of one river that's flowing in the same direction for the most part? See, the concept of diversification, in my mind, call me crazy, some people have. The concept of diversification for me is the idea that the investments don't move together. At some point, you need to take a critical look at what you're doing, and evaluate how well you really are diversified. And if your retirement strategy is dependent on the stock market going up always, then I have a big concern for you. In other words, if the only way you're successful, the only way you make money, the only way you don't lose money, the only way you stay retired, is if the stock market continues to go up. That only works really well when the market cooperates. It's a one-dimensional strategy. It does not work very well at all when the stock market doesn't cooperate. And If you'd like maybe something a bit more strategic, something certainly, in our opinion, more diversified, then call us. Let us give you a second opinion. I've got a toll-free number you can write down or call now, 800-682-2806. My team's standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple, short questions. Helps us to get a snapshot of what you're doing right now. And then I'm going to give you two things for the price of the call. I'm going to give you a white paper called Retirement Time Bombs. Tick-tock, tick-tock. 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. I'm also going to give you a call to action. Um, It's the case for a second opinion on your investment planning. Five reasons why now is the time. All right, so coming up next, right after an ever-so-brief intermission, I'm going to talk to you about an investment strategy, a diversified investment strategy, that over 20 years has produced a 13.9% average annualized yield. Oh, my. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned for this. Hopefully, you're finding this
2: information to be quite valuable. If what Sean is saying seems reasonable, logical, and informative, then give Davis Financial Advisors a call to sit down with you face-to-face and get a second opinion on your retirement planning thus far. You're not going to get specific advice from a radio show because every situation is different. Your situation is different, unique. There's no one box or one strategy that fits everyone. But if you call Davis Financial Advisors now, you'll receive the white papers and a call back for a no-obligation second opinion appointment with a personal advisor. Retirement is too important to approach with haste. Be deliberate. Be prudent. Do your due diligence and learn what you need to know so you don't go into this blind. At Davis Financial Advisors, the thought process is outside the box, different, uncommon. Get yourself a second opinion. Call now at 1-800-682-2806. Again, 1-800-682-2806. Online at davisfinancialadvisors.com.
1: Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio, talking about your money, talking about retirement, talking about your retirement success, specifically outlining 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. Um, I'm along with you, your guide for the past 35 minutes or so, and uh, taking you on a journey of mistakes to avoid in retirement. Are you retired? Do you want to stay retired? Are you successful in retirement? Do you want to make sure you are aware of some of the pitfalls that could be out there. Well, I've got something I'd like to give you. If you call us at 800-682-2806, I've got a white paper called Retirement Time Bombs. TikTok. 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. I'll send that to you if you phone us at 800-682-2806. I've also got a call to action. It's the case for a second opinion on your investment planning. Five reasons why right now, now, today, now's the time to get a second opinion on your investment planning. Uh, Once again, both yours if you phone us at 800-682-2806. So we've been talking about landmines, time bombs, stuff that could uh, derail a successful retirement. And um, I've got 11 of them. We've gone through five so far. Let's get on to number six. Number six of 11 critical mistakes to avoid. Taking a traditional approach to investing in diversification instead of investing like an endowment. I've talked about this before. An endowment fund is meant to last forever. For those of you that don't know, college and universities have their equivalent of a retirement fund. You know, meant to be a forever fund. They draw from it on an annual basis to meet the needs of the college. They want to protect and preserve the principal if possible, and they'd like to grow the principal into the future. So think of it as a retirement plan for college and universities. University endowments once invested primarily in stocks and bonds. One can think of endowment-style investing as flipping this paradigm, completely different now, around, regarding traditional investor allocations and diversification. Now, many of the most successful endowments out there, at the core of their retirement portfolio, um, as I said before, an endowment is kind of like that for them, for the college. It's their retirement money. They live on it. So at the core of their endowment portfolio, one would put things like um, absolute return funds, private equity, real estate, Real assets, dirt, trees, commodities. One would complete the portfolio by adding maybe some traditional investments. Uh, Let's talk just for a minute about one of the most successful endowment funds out there, the Yale Endowment Fund. Uh, Yale's longtime chief investment officer, David Swenson, pioneered a relatively new strategy that found better returns for the endowment in less traditional vehicles like hedge funds, private equity, partnerships, and real estate. Uh, Yale's endowment, get this, earned a 20.2% investment return for the year ending June 30th, 2014. The endowment value grew from $20.8 billion to $23.9 billion net of their spending. The university benefited from an investment gains of approximately $4 billion. Wow, one year. Spending from the endowment for Yale's um, fiscal year is projected to be $1.1 billion. So this is what I was saying before. They, they live on it like a retiree would live on their portfolio. They draw from it on an annual basis. Now, what's interesting about Yale, the university's longer-term results remain in the top tier of institutional investors. Um, Yale's endowment returned 11% per year over the last 10 years ending June 30th, 2014, surpassing broad market results for domestic stocks, which only returned 8.4 annually, and for domestic bonds, which were 4.9 annually. Get this, though. Over the past two decades, Yale's endowment generated returns of 13.9% per year compared to the estimated 9.2 average return of college and university endowments. I mean, that's a huge 20-year return. 13.9%. 13.9%. That's incredible. Now, most endowment funds have managed very conservative growth and income in a market that has been substantially volatile by making sure that very little of their funds move with the broader quote unquote stock market. Now, to be fair, not all endowment funds have had stellar track records. Some were really clobbered and lost significant value during the financial crisis. That's why it's important to remember that this is still investing, which is putting money at risk for the chance and making more money. There's no secret sauce, but I do believe strongly that a more real and broader version of diversification like the endowments use is a better version of all-weather investing than a portfolio that's only invested in the stock market alone. See, the number one rule of long-term financial success and sustainability is don't lose money. So here's the big question, a question I'm sure you have. How in the heck did they produce that kind of a return over 20 years? 13.9%. See, uh, Yale's chief investment strategist, David Swinson, um, really pioneered a different approach. He moved away, a substantial departure away from traditional stock market investing. In 1985, Yale had almost 60% of its total investment allocation. So again, think of this as a retirement fund for them. So 60% of it in stocks in equities, domestic equities. Since 1985, Yale has been consistently reducing their exposure to domestic equities, and you might be surprised to know that Yale, achieving that 13.9% return over 20 years, Yale now only holds 6% of their endowment fund in domestic stock market equities. The two largest categories, so if they're not in the stock market, what are they in? Private equity and real estate are the two biggest categories. So if one of the most successful endowment funds in the world, which, again, is kind of like a retirement fund for colleges, only has 6% of its investment allocation in the stock market, what does that say about their confidence in it for the future? I mean, a lot of people in my industry say, the longer you give it the market, the better a place it is. I mean, you, you got to give it time. The longer, you, the longer you have to invest, the market's a better place. I mean, couldn't an endowment or a university address, uh, uh, invest for 50 years in the future? I mean, they're not a human— they're going to be around 100 years, 150 years from now. They can invest for the real long term, yet they don't choose to put the money in the market. I think it's an interesting. I think that that's very, very interesting to think about. And the biggest reason why, if you look at the language, and there's a lot of, you can Google it, Yale Endowment Performance. They got a lot of public information. You know, they basically say it's very difficult to get true diversification in an equities-only market. So they want to do other things outside of that. adds a measure of diversification and reduces volatility. I think that's extremely. Some of the smartest minds in the world managing one of the biggest, smartest, brightest colleges out there only have 6% of their money in the market. I think that's interesting to me. Well, maybe I'm alone, but uh, I find it highly interesting. All right. If you find it interesting, here's what I'll say. We recognize that our strategy, our firm, uncommon investments and resources isn't going to be everybody's cup of tea. But we also recognize that there's a huge section of the population out there, maybe you, that recognize that diversification should be more than just stocks and bonds, and that you don't want all of your eggs moving with the stock market basket. If that's you, if you'd like to get a second opinion, if that resonates with you, then call us, 800-682-2806. My team's standing by. We're going to ask you a few brief, short, simple questions. Helps us to get a snapshot of what you're doing. And I'll send you two things for the price of the phone call. I'm going to give you a white paper called Retirement Time Bombs, 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. And I'm also going to give you a call to action, the case for a second opinion on why, right now, five reasons why now is the time to get a second opinion. Both are yours if you phone us at 800-682-2806. Now, right after this, I'm going to talk about why not all advisors are created equal. Don't miss this. Sean Davis, Uncommon Investments.
2: Oh, my. There was a ton of great information in that last segment. It really does create a critical question, though. If you learn something that you didn't know you didn't know, What else might you learn if you visit with Davis Financial Advisors? They have a philosophy that financial advisors should bring you knowledge, information, and resources that you cannot easily find on your own. Retirement income planning is complex. Sure, you might have done a great job at managing your own investments in your IRA or 401Ks, but that's completely different than planning for 30-plus years of income in retirement. You can't ride a train to Europe. You can't captain a sailboat on the ocean in Colorado. There's a natural order to things. You should use the most efficient and effective vehicles to get you where you want to go. The stock market may be a good place to grow money, but that's vastly different than living on money from income. Consider getting a retirement income second opinion from Sean and his team by calling 1-800-682-2806. Once again, 1-800-682-2806.
1: Welcome back to the show. Sean Davis on your radio. Talking about your money, talking about your retirement accounts, talking about your investments, all things financial, all things retirement. Today, and you've got me discussing 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. And um, if you're trying to make your way, I would encourage you to phone us. I've got a couple things I will give you. We always like to give out printed materials. Uh, It's a way of introducing our mindset, our thought, our strategies to you, and you can get them by calling 800-682-2806. I'm going to give you a white paper called Retirement Time Bombs. Tick-tock, tick-tock. 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement. And I'm also going to give you uh, a call to action. It's a report, uh, the case for a second opinion on your investment planning. Five reasons why. Today. Yes, today. Now is the time to organize and get your second opinion. And uh, both are yours if you phone us at 800-682-2806. Now, um, I'm going to jump around a little bit because we had 11 critical mistakes to avoid. We've only gotten through six because I'm (laughs) long-winded. My dad used to say I like to pontificate. He said I had the gift of gab. Um, So I've taken more time than I thought I was going to take. But uh, mistake number eight, kind of plodding through here, Thinking all advisors are the same, or thinking they have the same resources, um, you may not know this, but most financial advisors are limited in what they can offer their clients. If you have an advisor that's affiliated with a large life insurance company, then more than likely the answer to all of your financial goals and concerns will be some insurance product. If you have an advisor that's affiliated with a large stock brokerage firm, then the answer to all your financial goals and concerns will more than likely be investments in the stock market. Maybe one of these investments is right for you, maybe not. When the big firms like Schwab, Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, and Wells Fargo have 300 of their own mutual funds to offer, do you see that there might be a problem with bias or objectivity? Most of the insurance advisors want you to stay away from the market and put your money into guaranteed annuities. Is there a problem or bias or objectivity with an insurance guy who recommends an insurance product exclusively? Who your advisor is affiliated with has a lot to do with their recommendations. At Davis Financial Advisors, we think your financial advisor should be able to represent insurance, the stock market, or alternative investments outside the stock market so they can determine which ones are best to help you accomplish your financial goals and or address your financial concerns. If the stock market doesn't make sense for you or your strategy, we'll tell you. If it does make sense, we'll tell you that too. But at least we've got more options than just stocks, bonds, and annuities. And that brings me to a discussion about alternative investments. You've heard me talk about alternative investments before. Now, this is mistake number 10 on our list not utilizing alternative investments for potential increased diversification. Now, diversification cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses, nor does it guarantee profit. In fact, my mindset is if you're truly diversified, you could almost guarantee in any given year, something will underperform and hopefully something will overperform. But if it all moves up or down together, that's not our definition of diversification. Now, alternative investments, we work with them a lot are long-term, non-traditional investments in non-publicly traded REITs, direct private placements, limited liability companies, limited partnerships, investing in businesses such as real estate, energy exploration, development, no programs, royalty interest, estate dressed, business development companies, all kinds of different stuff. Suffice it to say that we define alternative investments as being substantially outside the stock market. These types of investments allow for an investor to invest directly into a specific business. These alternatives have the potential to balance a traditional stock market portfolio or a conventional portfolio of equities because many are not linked to the stock market directly. When you invest in this capacity, an investor becomes a part owner of the hard assets associated with the investment. Is there risk, Sean, to alternative investments? Absolutely. It's still investing. All investing has risk. One could argue that alternative investments have greater risk, for example. They're not readily liquid. Think of investors in real estate. They can lose money or make money. Rents are not guaranteed, just like distributions from alternatives are not guaranteed. Real estate doesn't move with the stock market, but it's also not liquid. A lack of liquidity is a type of risk. Now, that doesn't mean nobody owns real estate, and it doesn't mean that you need to make a judgment call as to whether these risks are appropriate for you. Um, you That's why you want to consult with somebody that knows these things. How do these alternatives generally work? Think of the subtle difference between investing in stock market equities, which move with the stock market, and investing in a private business. When you invest in private businesses, their values do not generally change day-to-day like investments in the market. When you invest in multiple asset classes, many of these different types, investment producing strong returns can offset investments that are lagging. When a class of investments perform or react similarly to the same stimulus, they are said to be positively correlated. They tend to be affected the same way by the same risks, and their returns may be similar. That's why the stock market is so positively correlated. Negative correlation means they tend to move opposite of each other. Many alternative investments have a very low positive correlation to stock market equities. They do not tend to move dramatically with the changes in the value of the stock market. Adding negatively correlated investments to your asset allocation, so adding stuff that moves opposite of of other things, whether higher or lower in principal risk, can reduce the overall volatility of a portfolio and potentially increase returns. Now, this is not an offer to buy or sell you anything. That can only be done with a prospectus and a private placement memorandum. we got to sit down. We've got to know your situation. All I'm trying to do is let you know, let you know that there are a lot of other options available to you for diversification that you may not have ever known was out there. And that's one of the reasons why I do this show. I believe financial advisors should bring you knowledge, information, and resources you can't easily come by on your own. Otherwise, what's the point of the relationship? My theory is if you're a current advisor, if you have one, maybe you're doing it on your own. That's one of my mistakes here too, thinking that you can do it all on your own. You may be limiting yourself by nature of the fact that you don't have these types of options or other options uh, uh, beyond that. But my point is if a financial advisor can't bring you Knowledge, information, and resources that you can't easily combine your own. I would argue maybe you don't need the relationship. Maybe there isn't a value to having one. Then maybe you should just fire your advisor, buy an index fund, and hope you have good timing. Don't think some of you haven't thought of that. <laughs> I've talked to enough of you to know that many of you listening right now maybe you've already thought of that at some point in your in your past. But you know we hope to be different than that. We hope to, uh, to be refreshing to the right type of person. So. If this is at all making sense to you, once again, I, I couldn't get through all 11. That's one of the reasons why we're giving out uh, this, this white paper. I've got uh, retirement time bombs, 11 critical mistakes to avoid in retirement today. I'll send you that if you phone us at 800-682-2806. My team standing by. They're going to ask you a few brief, simple, short questions. Uh, these questions help us to get a snapshot of what you're doing right now, and then we'll send this information out to you. And I'm also going to include another one. It's a Davis Financial Advisors call to action. It's called The Case for a Second Opinion on Your Investment Planning. In all seriousness, we think that now is the time. Um, I do see a lot of headwinds. China's problems aren't temporary. Europe's problems aren't temporary. Um, you know, we've had a lot of volatility in this market. Yes, it's rebounded a bit, but how many of you really, really believe that's real? That it's rooted in foundational strength of this country's financial health? You know, and if that's not the case, then what is it rooted in? And how likely is it to last? And so, I've got a call to action. The case for a second opinion on your investment planning. Five reasons why now is the time. Both are yours. If you phone us at eight hundred. Six eight two two eight zero six. We'll send it out to you today via regular mail or email, whichever you prefer. And Kaylee, my office will offer you uh, an opportunity to sit down with us one on one to maybe get that second opinion if you're interested. Thank you for listening. I'll be back same time, same place next week. Sean Davis, Uncommon Investments.
0: Different types of investing involve varying degrees of risk, including market fluctuation, possible loss of principal value, or liquidity. There can be no assurance that any investment strategy will be profitable.
3: The show is now over, but this is the critical question that only you can answer Was it informative and helpful? Sean and his team feel that financial advisors should bring you knowledge, information, and resources that you cannot easily come by on your own. Otherwise, what is the point of a financial advisor? If you can do what they do, you probably don't need one. There are two ways to make the information you heard here today more valuable to you. First, call or go online to receive the white papers Sean offered. Having a tangible copy of the information will allow you to take notes and review. Second, take the advantage of the opportunity to sit down with an advisor one-on-one. Retirement planning is complex and individual. It requires the knowledge of professionals. If you requested information, you will be called to personally schedule your no-obligation private meeting. Call 800-682-2806. That's 800-682-2806. Online at davisfinancialadvisors.com.